0: Well, I don't know about some of you moms, but I know that definitely can ring true. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a working mom or you're a grown mom with adult children, it still feels like that sometimes is your day. You're trying so hard to do the Scripture and to begin in the Word, but there just seems like there's always something coming up and something happening, and I think that continues from what I've heard even from my own mom for the rest of your life as a mom. Once a mom, always a mom. But today we're going to honor all the women in the room, and we're just so thankful. I know um, we have little gifts for each of you on your way out the door today. There's a bath bomb um, sitting in a bath just lock the door, ignore your kids outside. It's okay. They'll be fine. Your husbands will figure it out. And you just put this bath bomb in and relax and enjoy a a quiet moment to yourself um, in honor of you and all the women in the room, really. Because I was just thinking about how we honor moms and Mother's Day. But really, I know for me, I couldn't do what I do without all of you in the room. Many of you come in and step in and help me parent my kids and help me i know this week alana ran my son to soccer and then we had um, courtney who watched our kids and so different people i mean sorry jesse <laughs> jesse yay jesse i knew that was you it just came out wrong but anyways it's not just whether you're a mom <laughs> Courtney was there in her heart not that whether you're a mom or not a mom or maybe you're just an aunt or a sister or a friend but we want to honor all the women in the room today because i know that it takes a village to raise our kids and i know that i'm super thankful to be in this church because i know Uh, community is so valued here and we get to do it together we get to walk alongside this journey of motherhood together and help raise each other's kids and help be there for those crazy moments of life and so we want to honor all of the women in the room today so make sure whether you're a mom yet or not to grab one of these on your way out and have a bath in honor of mother's day (laughs) on us by yourself maybe light a candle or two but we're so excited to honor all the moms today and so it's my privilege to be here this morning to be able to continuing our series called Changed. Ryan started us off last week, and he started us off in Colossians um, 1 verse 3 to 8, which says, the wonderful good news of Jesus has changed their lives and is bearing fruit everywhere. And then he began to talk about how when we have a changed life, that there's that immediate change that when you encounter Jesus and when you accept him as the Lord of your life, there's that immediate change. And maybe you're in the room today and that's you, you've lived a life served for Jesus, or maybe you're in the room today and you haven't quite made that decision to follow Christ, we are going to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. We're excited to be able to introduce you to this Jesus that we're talking about this morning. But when we make that decision to have Jesus in our life and to make him the Lord of our life, last week Ryan talked about how it can impact our relationships and how it can impact our finances. So if you didn't get a chance to listen last week, go online, listen to the podcast. It was a really excellent message. And the thing I really liked about it, is that it talked about, he kind of shared a little bit, and we're going to go deeper into this today a little bit more, is something called augmented growth. And when I looked it up, this is what augmented growth means. It means to make something that is already well underway into something greater. And I just love, I think that's just the message of who Jesus is. When we encounter him, he changes our hearts in that instant. And so right away, things begin to change. But then he takes us on a journey, A journey of change and of growth where something that's already well underway, that that life change has already begun to happen, but he begins to help us to grow into something even greater. And so that's what we're going to look at this morning together in the area of our emotions. And I know sometimes as women and sometimes as men, I know some of you cry sometimes, guys, don't worry, I've seen it, but uh, our emotions sometimes are affected in this way, that there's a change that needs to come and we're going to look at what that looks like this morning, but I thought I'd just share, since it's Mother's Day, a little story about when I really experienced, and how I think probably a lot of you can relate, of that augmented growth and that augmented change that, that we're going to be talking about this morning. And this happened, I remember so clearly the day I went into labor with Brea, and I was in the hospital, and, I'm, and officially, you know, she's born and officially in the state of Washington. I was her mother, I was Brea and Iverson's mom, and officially at that moment, my life changed, entirely changed. But I didn't really know what I was doing. And I remember thinking as in the hospital, please don't send me home with this baby. I don't really know what I'm doing. I've read all the books and I do have a great support system, but I still have no clue what I'm doing. You should not be allowing me to leave this hospital with a child because I don't really know what I'm doing and I might hurt her or do something wrong. And so I remember feeling that like, yes, in that moment, my life was changed and officially on record in the state of Washington, I was her mom, but yet as a mother, that was a, Growth and a journey that was slowly going to be, begin to take place and is still taking place and I'm sure many of you in the room even have who have adult children say yeah, even as a mom to an adult child i'm still growing i'm still learning how to be their mom and how to care for them and how to relate to them and how to be there for them and support them in different ways and so that's just a journey I think of how a picture of how that kind of growth and change can come in our lives and I think that's even true if you're not a mom maybe you're, y- even if you've started a business before or you started a new job and on paper on that first day at work you are a new business owner or you are whatever role that you've um, been given and signed all the documents for but really you don't have a clue what you're doing I always say people who start a new job just give yourself six weeks just pretend like you know what you're doing you will figure it out y- the panic will stop and you will figure out what you're doing but those first bit of doing whatever thing new that you're doing, immediately on that first day, you are changed. You are officially that new role. But then it takes time and it takes that growth, but it's a choice. And that's what we're going to look at this morning, is how we can choose in those moments of, of growing and learning, how to, of how, to, how the Lord declares and how he promises to change our perspective and our thoughts and our emotions and our attitudes about what life has kind of given us in that moment. And so... This morning, our key text this morning that we're going to read from together is in Isaiah 61, verse 3. And I have it on the screen behind us. And in the New Living Translation, it says this, To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. And then I also want to share with you the NIV, because I like the wording in this one too. And it says, and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of s- a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And if you um, kind of look back at the context of when this was, was happening, the Israelites were coming out of, acti- of, out of captivity. And if you know a little bit about the Israelites, they had a lot to mourn. They had a lot They had lost a lot. They had a lot to process and wade through and sort through in their life. Um, They had uh, quite the journey to get to the place that they are now when Isaiah was prophesying this over them of this change that was about to take place. And I loved, when I picked the scripture, I just loved the imagery in my mind of that change, of exchanging this thing for this thing, for exchanging that for this, and to exchanging this for that. And that's what the Lord declares over us, just like he declared over the Israelites. That is the same thing he's declaring over us in our, in our lives today, in the area of our emotions, in the area of how our perspective is. And that's what we get to look at this morning, a little bit about um, how that works. And so if you see at the first part of the verse, it talks about for those who mourn. And so it's, it's looking at the Israelites, but it, and it's a direct look at their emotions for what had happened to them in their lives. So this morning we're going to take a look at our emotions in the various circumstances that happen in our lives. Maybe you feel a little bit like the Israelites and you've had to walk through some really challenging circumstances in your life. I remember being a teenager, about 16, 15, 16 years old, and all I desperately wanted to do was to be an adult. I didn't want to hang out with kids my own age. I just wanted to hang out with older people, and I wanted to be an adult, and I just, wan- I just couldn't wait to be an adult. But if I were able to go back to my 16-year-old self, I would say, hey, no rush. Enjoy being 16. Enjoy the freedoms that life has to offer, because being an adult is hard. How many of you in the room can say like, oh man, being an adult, It's a little more challenging than I thought I was getting myself into and boy would I love to go back to the days where I was carefree and thinking I was super cool and driving around in my old beater car and having fun with my friends without any bills to pay, without any responsibility and just that carefree life because being an adult is hard work, it's hard, there's a lot of things I think if I had known the challenges that lay ahead for me as an adult I think I would have clung a little tighter to my 16 year old self. But a lot of times as an adult, um, we don't expect the responsibilities, the heartache, the stress, the disappointments that come. So this morning, we're going to take a walk through what it looks like to allow God to come and change our perspective on the cards we've been dealt with in this life, to look at the change that occurs as we submit every area to him, specifically in the area of our emotions. So the first thing we see when we look back at our key text in Isaiah is that he gives an exchange of... Beauty for ashes. And back in the Middle Eastern culture, when they would um, have lost something or someone really dear to them, they would sprinkle ashes on their head as an outward symbol of the in- internal emotion and grief and devastation that they were experiencing in their own lives. And I love how this verse says, um, if we read it in the NIV, it it says to bestow on them a crown of beauty. So an actual crown of beauty and diamonds instead of the typical ashes they were to sprinkle upon their head. And the word bestow, when I looked it up, it means placing something really valuable or honoring in the hands of another. I love in that definition that it uses the words really valuable. That's the God that we serve. He desires to give us the very best. He wants to replace the difficult and hard times and replace them with beauty instead of ashes so this morning i think it's good to kind of evaluate sometimes in these moments to say what are some of the ashes that are in my life what are some of those morning moments that i that i have experienced in my life maybe you've been hurt by other people but a lot of times i think the hardest ashes to let go of are the ones that we've inflicted upon ourselves the mistakes we've made in our own lives and the things that we've done that have kind of seemed to just not work out those are the ashes that are the most difficult ones often to let go of but it's a choice and that's going to be a theme that you're going to see throughout this morning that it's a choice that when troubles come because in james 1 it says Consider it pure joy when trials of many kinds come. It's not if they come. So sorry to the young people in the room to be a party of people, but the trials are coming. They do for all of us. That's just what it's like to live on this earth, but those trials will come. And now the question is, how will we respond? What will we do when those trials come? What will we do with those ashes that are in our hand? Will we choose to wallow in our situation and remain stuck? Or will we choose to allow Jesus to replace those ashes with something beautiful? So there's kind of two ways I think that some of us in this room, we can relate to maybe two different ways that we come at the situation of remaining, of, of when we have those ashes in our hand and some of us in the room, maybe you can kind of relate to this. We choose to remain stuck. We know that we are in debt or we know that we need to seek forgiveness out in a relationship or we know that we need to change our health and eating habits. We know these things and we know the strategies we need to do to get unstuck, but we don't really want to change. We know that if we're in debt, that we need to make a budget and we need to stop spending and we need to do this and that. But we don't really want to change. We don't really feel like doing those things. We're kind of enjoying living the life that we're living. And yet we sit there with ashes on our head and we sit there clinging on to these things that we know we need to change. Or maybe it's in the area of relationships and you know you need to go to somebody and humble yourself and ask for forgiveness and make reconciliation with somebody. But don't really feel like it you don't really want to you re- you kind of just want to stay in that place of being stuck and so there's many areas that I think we choose to stay stuck and hold on to that bitterness and unforgiveness or maybe you're in the room today and you're on this other side of the of the of the line where we find ourselves in that place of not feeling like we can receive those beauties for our ashes because we feel we're not good enough to receive such a beautiful gift. We hold on to these ashes and we begin to believe the lies of the enemy, that we are not good enough, that we are failing, that we have too many problems. This morning, I'm here to remind you that Jesus is here to give you a gift of beauty for your ashes. But will we receive it? We need to let go of our ashes so that God can replace them with beauty. We have to choose this morning to get unstuck, to make a choice that we want change in our lives. Because the God that we serve, this Jesus that I'm talking about this morning, he can transform our messy situations into something truly beautiful. And the thing I want us to remember this morning when we're thinking of these things is that it's augmented growth, like we talked about at the beginning. It's adding to the change that Christ has already begun in us. It's a slow journey. It's a slow thing. Yes, it's hard to get unstuck. Yes, it's hard to let go of those ashes. But we literally sometimes need to pry open our hands, let go of the ashes, and take hold of that beauty that God has for us in each and every situation that you're experiencing. The next thing that I want to look at this morning that it says in Isaiah, when we go back to our key text, it says that he then he gives us joy or gladness for mourning. And there's that other piece of exchange, that beautiful picture in our mind of a changed thing from mourning to gladness or joy. And I remember so clearly the first time I experienced that true mourning um, in my life when I lost my grandfather in junior high. And it not only impacted me, um, but I I remember more deeply, the impact that made upon me was watching my mom grieve the loss of her father, who she was so close with and so loved so much. And I remember being so impacted because she, I remember we were on a missions trip and we'd only been there 24 hours and we were leading a whole team of teenagers and we got the phone call that, He had passed away. He wasn't sick. We weren't expecting it. It was totally out of the blue that he had passed. And I remember somebody waking me up and going to the room where my mom and dad were, and my mom on her knees screaming in utter disbelief that this was actually happening, that true mourning of this loss of something so precious and so dear to her. And I remember being impacted by that that depth of loss that she was experiencing, that depth of mourning that was impacting her life in that moment because something so dear and so precious to her was now gone. And I think sometimes we get in that place and we experience these tremendous depths of mourning, whether it's a, a loved one or maybe it's a relationship or maybe it's a job or maybe as a mom, there's things that you would hope for with your child that you're mourning the loss of. Whatever it is in, this, in the room this morning, I know that the Lord we serve gives us joy in those moments. And I remember knowing that as, at, as a junior high student, I remember knowing the scripture that he gives us joy for, for mourning. And I think, you, you think like, oh, how does that even make sense? And I began to see, as, as time began to pass, because it was such a devastating situation, not knowing how we were going to ever experience joy or gladness. Thank you, Bassie, in this time of mourning. And slowly we did, b- we began to see it. Not, not that we were happy about it, but that depths of joy that we began to see as at his funeral, the question was asked, how many of you in this room have personally received an invitation to follow Christ and have accepted him as your Lord and Savior because of my grandfather and hundreds of people in the room raised their hands to say yes i accepted jesus because of you and so that was the first bit of joy i think that we began to see and then even as an adult now and beginning to realize the inheritance that he left for me not physically but spiritually and the and the and the legacy that i now get to carry on that's where my joy comes not because of his death but because of the knowledge that i know that jesus has a plan for this and i know that he has all things worked out for the good of those who love him and so this morning we're going to look this concept of joy for mourning and how Jesus Christ transforms sorrow because he transforms the mourner. Yikes, Blowing our nose in public is a little bit awkward, guys. <laughs> all right, well, hopefully I got it all. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yes. <laughs> but yeah, Jesus Christ, I love that. He, just, he doesn't transform necessarily our circumstances. He doesn't change. My grandfather was still gone. That was still real. That was still there. But he instead changes the perspective of the mourner. He changes the perspective on our circumstances. He changes us. The landscape remains the same, the difference is the colour of the glass through which we see it. Have you ever been to a 3D movie before, I know it's quite the escapade to take a whole family to the movie theatres, I don't know b- about you, but you get there, you got to get there early, because you got to get your seat, well sometimes now you can book your seat, but that's a little bit nice, but back in the old days when we couldn't book our seats, you had to get there early, you got to get your tickets, then you got to go to another line, you got to get your popcorn and your stuff, and, and then you get kind of settled, but then somebody has to go to the bathroom, so you're running them to the bathroom and you finally sit down, everyone has their snacks, everyone has their drinks, everyone has stuff and you're finally ready to kind of relax and all of these previews play and I don't know about you but sometimes there's so many previews that by the time I get to the actual movie I don't even remember what movie I came to watch because they're so long so then there you are and you're sitting there and you're ready and the feature film begins and you've gone to see a 3d movie and you're there and all of a sudden everything's so blurry and you're like oh right I've come to see a 3d movie and so you dig around in your bag and you find those glasses that somebody gave you on your way in and you rip open the bag and you pop them on your face And then wow, everything comes into focus. Now things are popping off the screen and they're no longer blurry and you see this amazing perspective. And that's what it is and that's what it means to have joy instead of mourning in these circumstances. The the film was the same always on the screen that I was watching. It was just that I forgot to put my glasses on to see clearly the perspective. And then that's the joy that we're talking about this morning that Christ brings in those circumstances. It's not an actual change of what's happening. It's our perspective gets to change when we allow God to come and transform who we are. Amen. I love when we look at the Proverbs 30 moment, especially as we're looking at moms, often a scripture that's shared on Mother's Day for all you moms in the room. I, I admire this woman. She was a busy lady. Um, and I love how it says in verse 25, it says, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she can laugh at the days to come. I don't think she was laughing because anything was funny. Because if you read through who the Proverbs 31 woman was, and I encourage you to do so if you've never have, she was a busy lady. She was cooking and cleaning. And she was getting up early. She was staying up late. She was sewing clothes. She was doing work. She was praying for her family. She was on her knees before the Lord. Like she worked hard. So I don't think in the scripture that it meant that she was laughing because something was actually funny. I think she was laughing because she had this confidence in knowing that God was ordaining her steps, that God was in control. And so she had this sense of joy and laughter that came upon her thinking about the days to come, not worrying or stressing about those things, but having and allowing the joy of the Lord to truly come and and captivate her heart in a way that brought about laughter and joy. And I don't know about you, but that sounds like a good way to live your life. And so um, even for me, um, some, uh, this, this drives Ryan nuts, but I'll share a little story. I, I have a little bit of a problem sometimes. I get the giggles at the really the wrong time. Always, it's always the wrong time. And so, this weekend we've been putting in new windows at our house. And so last Friday night they delivered, or last Friday they delivered the windows to our house, and um, neither of us were home. And so they actually just left them on the side of the house. Brand new windows, all in the wrapping, beautiful windows. And I came home and I said to Ryan, "Gee, like." What if somebody steals those in the night? I feel like we should probably put them, like, in the garage. Like, those are nice, valuable windows. Somebody would just load them into their truck and sell them, and then we'd be stuck without windows with all that money spent. And so, and he goes, oh, no, babe. Like, nobody's going to steal windows. It's fine. So we sat on the couch Friday night like cool parents do, and we watched a movie in our pajamas because that's what f- parents do on Friday night. So you, you people who have out kids, you, you go out on Friday nights, okay, for all the rest of us. <laughs> Uh, but they'll be worse sitting in our pajamas and watching a movie. And in true form, if you know me, I fell asleep within the first 20 to 30 minutes of the movie we were watching. So I'm fast asleep on the couch, totally dead asleep. And then um, Ryan wakes me up and I'm like like trying to like wake up and he goes, I think, I think you're right. I think we should probably move those windows to the garage. And I look, <laughs> I looked at my phone and it's now midnight. And, uh, and he goes, and I think it's starting to snow. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like trying to like, Get out of my sleep fog, and we put on some shoes. Ryan puts on flip-flops because that's what you wear at midnight outside, moving big, heavy windows. You wear your flip-flops, and uh, and so we we go outside. I'm in my pajamas. It's midnight, and our neighbor on one side, she's a little. She doesn't really like us very much. So we don't want to really make a lot of noise on her end of the house. And so we're trying to be quiet, and we're out there. And if you haven't already noticed, I'm not very tall, and so you know these windows were not super heavy, but they were they're they're tall, and so I'm trying. I think if I stand on my tippy toes that I could maybe carry this window to the backyard and but it started dragging on the floor. it's like, no stop. Let's do this together. So we grabbed an end each. The also impar- important part of the story is that our backyard is currently a disaster zone. We are renovating it and tearing it all up. And so we've got piles of rocks and dirt and different things that you can trip over at midnight when the snow is falling with big heavy windows. So there we were. Starting to move these windows as a team. Ryan's walking backwards and I'm leading him. All of a sudden he trips, his shoe falls off, and he land and his foot lands in a pile of dirt and we drop the window. And what do I do? I start to laugh. Because that's what every good wife does at midnight when your husband's <laughs> shoe falls off and they landed dirt. I got the giggles really bad. And Ryan's face was not happy, guys. He was not (laughs) looking like he thought it was very funny, which made me laugh more. I don't know if that's ever happened to you before, but I started to laugh even more and got the giggles really bad. And thankfully he did join me in laughter for a little bit. So that was a good, good win on our end, end. but I was laughing not because it was actually funny. Like this was not a funny situation. We really needed to get these windows inside. The snow was falling. It was midnight, but I laughed because I knew that it was going to be okay. I knew we were going to figure this out. I knew Ryan could get a shoe back on his foot, and we could get these windows moved into the garage in plenty of time. So I laughed, not because the situation was super funny, although it was a tiny bit funny, but I laughed because I had confidence knowing that, that this was going to be OK, that we were going to work out OK. And I think that's the kind of joy that we're looking at this morning. Not a, not a laughter of like, haha, this is so hilarious, but it, a little bit was that one story. But in circumstances where it's not super hilarious, and you're not, it's not funny, but still, experiencing that joy why because we know that the god that we serve has our steps ordained has it all worked out and we're going to be able to be successful and come out of this okay and so that's what we're looking at this morning sometimes you might ask how can i find joy in this situation there's nothing to be joyful about but i want to challenge us this morning that we need to allow god to change our perspective to earnestly seek him and to ask him to help you see things in a different way, because a changed perspective gives us true joy. Joy isn't necessarily the presence of happiness. I think sometimes we confuse those two words. We think joy and happiness, that must mean the same thing, but it's really not. Joy is a confidence in knowing that God is in control. Happiness is just the presence of laughter in our life. And so, when we have true joy, it's a deeper understanding of the sovereignty of God and the joy that comes from allowing Him to guide our steps. I love how it says in Nehemiah 8:10, it says, The joy of the Lord is our strength. And I don't know about you, but I've read that scripture verse a ton of times, but I never saw it in the way that I saw it this week when I was studying it. It's the joy of the Lord. It's God's delight over us. It's God's joy regarding us that gives us true and undeniable strength. It's the joy of the Lord. True joy is comes from allowing our hearts and minds to be impacted by the joy that God is taking delight in us. Joy is also a fruit of the spirit. And so as we partner with Jesus and we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our life, then we start producing this kind of fruit in our life. And we got, start producing the spirit the, the fruit of joy. And so I think so that's such a beautiful promise, that as we, as we talk about this augmented growth, that day by day, we, as we choose to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, and we choose to allow our, ourselves to submit to him, that each and every circumstance, no matter how challenging it may, may be, that we get to find those glimpses of joy because of what Christ did for us. Even looking back at our Heaven and Hell series that Ryan spoke on, we can be reminded of the eternal promise of life. In John 10:28. It speaks of the eternal inheritance that we have when we accept Jesus as our Lord. And although trials may come on this earth and things may seem bleak, as believers we have the eternal promise of life with Him. And that is something no one can ever steal away from us. That is what brings us true joy. Next, we're going to go back to the key scripture again in Isaiah 61, and we're going to look at the next exchange that we get to make. As we allow god to take control of our lives and this one is a is an exchange of praise instead of despair and i love the word that ryan shared this morning because it was right in line with with what god had spoken to me about this i love in some of the in some of the translations it actually says put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness when you look at that and you think put on maybe that means i actually have to take something else off, and I have to physically put on this garment of praise, I have to physically choose to put it on. No one else in this entire room can put it on for you. You need to make the choice. We need to make the choice as believers to put on the garment of praise, to choose to praise Him in every circumstance. I I love when we look at the story of Paul and Silas together. We're going to look here in Acts 16 together. We'll have it on the screen and then we can read it together. But it says, But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were unfastened. When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But but Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Don't harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas, and after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And then, this is the cool part, they say, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were there in his house. And he took them them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds and immediately he was baptized, he and his entire household. And he brought them into his house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. Wow, what a cool story of what choosing praise can look like. What I really love, if you look back at the beginning of this verse, of this story, it says that the other jailers were listening. And I think whether you're a mom in this room, or whether you're not a mom and a dad, or whatever role you place in this, uh, you have in this life, and as a believer, I think this is really important to recognize, that people are watching. People are looking to see how you're going to respond. Maybe you're going through a situation in your life, or maybe you have gone through one. That you have every right to be bitter, to be angry, to be upset, to be depressed, to be sad, to be lonely. But instead, like Paul and Silas did, they chose to praise yeah. in those circumstances. They had every right to be anything, to do anything, but praise the Lord. But here they sat in jail praising the Lord, and I love when it says that the other people were listening. And I think sometimes, as moms, we forget that our little ones are watching that those around us maybe at work are watching our friends our neighbors are watching to see how we're going to respond as a believer people know and i think we forget that people are watching to see how we're going to respond and i love that their response to praise not only transformed their situation they received physical freedom from the chains that they were in but it also brought transformation to the life of an unbeliever in their life and i love that i love that that it's not just about yourself in that moment of choosing praise, but it actually can impact those around you. It can impact your children, and it can impact your neighbors. It can impact the people that you're working with. That when we choose to fix our eyes on Jesus, not on our problems, not on the situation that's before us, but to praise him despite the situation, he actually brings freedom in those moments. And that's what the God that we serve does. Their choice to praise instead of sitting in despair brought an incredible change. When we choose to praise, when those around us are watching, go through difficult circumstances where they expect us to be anything but thankful, that's when change begins to come in your life and to those around you. As we close up this morning, I love now that we've looked at all these exchanges. We had an exchange of, um, we had beauty for ashes. We had joy instead of mourning and praise instead of heaviness or despair. So, we looked at three different exchanges that have taken place, but each one required a choice. Each one do- required us to let go of those circumstances and to make a choice to say, hey, I want to get unstuck. Hey, I want to I start my new life. I don't want my life to look like this anymore. I'm tired of living this way. I want change. I want to see breakthrough in my life. And so, that's what we're looking at this morning, that decision to change. And I love how it says in, in Isaiah at the end, it says, when you've made these decisions to change, when you've decided to exchange, those ashes and those, that despair and that grief and that mourning and instead receive the promises of God for your life, then we will be planted like oaks of righteousness. What the enemy has tried to steal away in your life, God will restore. Amen. If we look at it in scriptures, that's what he does, and so he continues to do that today, even now in each and every one of our lives. That is the God that we serve. I love how they use in this verse, the tree, an oak tree. The oak tree is one of the most loved trees in the world, and with a good reason. It's a symbol of strength, morale, resistance, and knowledge. If we read in Psalms 1, verse 3, it says, He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The choice to choose change takes us from a place of grief, mourning, and despair to one of beauty, joy, and praise. And I love just that picture of that oak tree so stable, so secure, that no matter the weather, no matter the trials, no matter the circumstances, that it can stand firm with its roots deeply planted. And in every season it's producing fruit and its leaves do not wither. And I just love that picture. And that's the kind of life God has for each of us, whether you're for us as moms and for us as parents and co-laborers and friends and workers, that's the kind of life God has for us this morning. Not a life of despair and of mourning and of sadness, but a life of joy and, happiness and beauty and peace. I want to be planted. I want you to be planted. I want my kids to be planted in the Lord as an oak tree that way where they produce fruit in every season. But it's our choice this morning. It's our choice. It's not by our own strength and ability, which I don't know about you, but I'm really thankful it's not based on that, right? We get to rely on the Lord. We get to put our hope in Him. We get to trust in Him. Come to Him each and every day a fresh and anew, just like that mom tried to do in the movie. Maybe you just get through one scripture in your whole day. That's all right. Just coming before the Lord and asking him to help you, to give you strength each day to do what he's called you to do, to let go of those difficult circumstances, and to choose to allow the perspective to change and your perspective to shift so that you might see things with joy. And you might be able to wear a crown of beauty instead of one of ashes. And you might be able to declare praise over your circumstance instead of heaviness and despair. That's what we're talking about this morning. In Galatians 2.20, as we end today, it says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So this morning, maybe you are a believer, and maybe you've already been through that process of crucifying your own self and your old self and taking up... What God has for you, or maybe you haven't known Jesus yet and you'd like to get to know who He is and you'd like to begin this journey. Today, we're going to give the chance for you to do that. But what a picture of shedding off our old self, getting rid of who we are and how we (laughs) respond to things. And I know sometimes, even as a believer, and you try your best, you still make mistakes, but I love that the grace of the Lord is there to help us once again to get back up and to try again and to choose joy and to choose praise and to choose the beauty. And that is my desire for you this morning. This morning I declare over you, just as Isaiah did to the Israelites so many years ago, that the Lord would give you beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, and praise for despair. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that no matter how difficult our circumstances, God, no matter how far we've stumbled, no matter how stuck we feel, that you are there, Lord God, that you are faithful, that you choose to pick us up right where we're at, Lord God, and to give us new hope and new joy and new beauty and, and praise instead of heaviness. We thank you, Lord God, that that is your declaration over each and every one of us, just as you declared over your people so long ago. So we thank you, Lord God, for that. And we just ask that you would strengthen specifically the moms in the room today, Lord God, that are maybe they're weary, maybe they're, they're tired, Ask for new strength, a new passion, a new excitement, Lord God, to be breathed into their lives and into their bodies, Lord God. I pray for a fresh alignment in Your Word as they seek Your face, Lord God. May You meet them, even if it's just a little verse that they can sneak into the day, Lord God. May You meet them where they're at, Lord God, and may You strengthen each mom in the room today. We thank You for them, Lord God. And Lord, we want to stop and we want to just acknowledge, Lord God, that we need You. So, if you're in the room today, and that's you you don't know jesus you don't know this jesus that i've been talking about that gives all these beautiful gifts to us and you want to encounter him or maybe in the room and you've fallen away from this jesus and you want to come back to him again and you want to experience these things that we've talked about this is your opportunity so let's pray together repeat after me church lord jesus i thank thank you for who you are i thank you that you want to replace my heaviness with joy and you want to give me praise instead of despair i come before you today lord jesus and i make you the lord of my life i set aside my own self and i choose you thank you jesus Amen. So if that's you this morning, you made a decision for Christ. We want to connect with you. We want to to meet you. We want to help disciple you as you begin this journey. And we're just excited to believe that for all that God has for us this morning, Ryan's going to come up and close the service for us. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.